This is John Martinka, Getting the Deal Done podcast series, another in our educational portion of the podcast series. And this one is top 10 business buyer mistakes. And these are all from my book, Buying a Business That Makes You Rich. First, and I'm going to read these because this is audio and a video podcast. And obviously, if you're on the audio, you can't see what's on the screen. So the top one is thinking it's a buyer's market. Clue to business buyers. It is never a buyer's market. It is always a seller's market. It is always a seller's market for mature, profitable, and fairly priced businesses. You want a buyer's market? Go look at down in the dumps, loser businesses. Turnarounds make headlines because they are rare. So we are talking about good businesses. And in this 2021 time period where we're coming out, hopefully, of COVID, it's even more pronounced. And it's because the lazy buyers are congregating around the few good businesses that are listed for sale. It is never a buyer's market. Keep that in mind. Number two, not realizing that prospecting for a business is work. This is effort. This is like finding a job or finding customers. And if you look at page 69 in the print edition of my book, the second edition, you will see the org chart of search. And it has the only three ways you can go search for a business. The public market, the intermediaries and advertising, being proactive and networking. Your job is to play 100% of the market, not just what you see online. Number three, when buyers stop prospecting because they find a business they like, which doesn't even mean they're close to a deal, but they like the business, so they automatically think this is going to happen. Even as you get into the LOI stage, the offer and due diligence, you have to still keep your antenna up and be looking for businesses because you never know what might happen. Fourth, it's not the numbers, it's the relationship. One of my most used lines over the years has been from my client, Jim, who started a company. We found a friendly competitor to buy it. He then bought two other businesses. And in a recap, he said to me, I would never buy a business from or sell one to somebody I don't like. In the small, medium-sized, lower middle market, relationship pretty much rules. I have had numerous clients where there's been more than one offer get the business because they had built a relationship. They had convinced the seller they were the one and they didn't even offer as much as other people. Number five, believing there's a perfect business and a perfect deal. There are no perfect businesses. There are no perfect deals. Every business has warts, blemishes, detriments, whatever you want to call them, and so does every deal. I like to say when both buyer and seller are equally unhappy, 
we'll have a deal. And the perfect part is really explained in one of my other sh short video podcasts. And it's about a client who I realized was not going to buy a business because he had too many criteria such as I want to be able to pay off the loan in half the time, which by the way means growing the business uh, to a rate of doubling it in five years or less. But he didn't want to have to make any other investment in business. No new equipment, no new vehicles, no new people, no marketing, nothing. Whatever was there had to be able to triple it. Well, if you think it could triple with everything, probably the seller would have been doing it without further investment. Number six, the line, I'll pay X times EBITDA, whether that's four, six, whatever the number is, without knowing anything about the business. I like that industry. I'll pay five times EBITDA. Well, what if one customer is 50% or three or 80% or there's a key employee who, if they leave, there's not much business left or the owner has the top customer relationships and they're all buddies from the last 40 years who are also about to sell and have new ownership. Think about it. There's more to the value of the business than just the EBITDA, the earnings, whatever you want to call it and the multiple. The multiple just doesn't appear out of thin air. It's a factor of the earnings plus all the non-financial factors. Number seven, buyers not knowing what they want and what they don't want. Sure, everyone's gonna say, I don't want restaurants or retail, in, at least in my world. But I ran into a very smart buyer recently when I said, do you know what you don't want? And this is one of the best answers I've ever had. He said, I don't want a business where the owner has to be in charge of the sales department. I am not a salesperson. I am not a sales manager. That's not my strength. Good. He doesn't want to worry about the industry. It's where his skills will fit into whatever industry he finds. Number eight, sloppy due diligence. And also, on the other side, analysis paralysis. I don't see too much sloppy due diligence, but I can think of one I was referred to a while back and the owner had a, another business. When he bought this one, he didn't pay too much attention to it. He just figured, I know what I'm doing in business. It'll be fine. And what struck me as I helped him analyze what he paid for the business and what he should have paid was the statement in the write-up of the business that there was unprecedented employee loyalty. On further investigation, I told him, you know, every employee in this company has turned over in the last year or so, and there's been two general managers in the last three years. One of them is the, was the current general manager who was the grandson of the founder and who was way overpaid or not getting much done. If that's unprecedented employee loyalty, I don't know what is. But usually it's the other side where buyers want to know, using the old analogy, not only uh, when you ask them what time it is, not only uh, how to build the watch, but where they source the parts. So no analysis paralysis. At some point you have to make a leap of faith 
And as it says in the preface to my book, you want to make it off a chair, not the roof. Number nine, thinking the first acquisition will be the only one. Think small, not big is not bad. One of my clients, Fred, is on his fourth acquisition in the same industry as I'm recording this. I have had many clients make multiple acquisitions. The first one does not have to be the biggest one and get you in debt up to your eyeballs. And number 10, no transition plan. It's so important I give templates of, of a transition plan in each of my books. It gets forgotten. The depth, we'll call it, of the uh, scale of no transition plan was a client named Rob. And he didn't pay any attention to transition plan or much else. He found a seller like him. They didn't pay attention to too much. First day, they did everything right through lunch. They introduced Rob. They had a pizza brought in for everybody. It was fun and games. And then it was, well, tell me what I need to know about the business. Well, what do you want to know? No, you tell me what I need to know. And that went back and forth till they finally picked up the phone. And I remember saying, well, you should have put together the transition plan we talked about. So these are my top 10 mistakes business buyers make. If you would like more information, there's my email, john at johnmartinka.com. Phone me, 425-576-1814. And another in the educational part of the Getting the Deal Done podcast series.